So if you started a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, and you're starting to build a little bit of an audience and you're gaining some traction and really enjoying the process, but you're wondering, when do I get to make money from this audience? How do I monetize my blog? How do I monetize my podcast? How do I monetize my YouTube channel? There are a lot of ways to think about making a living from your audience, but today I wanna to share with you the six most important and helpful ones, the ones that can actually help you make a full-time living online. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 64 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran, pumped to hang out with you today. We're going to dive into some practical stuff. I'm going to share with you the six monetization models that are best used in monetizing your blog or your podcast or your YouTube channel, like I said at the top of this episode. But before we get into that, I want to give you something super helpful. If you are starting or growing or in the middle of your business, I am running a free workshop right now called my Six Figures and Beyond Workshop, where I'm breaking down some tactics, some strategies, some mindsets to help you grow your business this year to the $100,000 a year or more mark. And I want you to be aware of this because the videos are going away. So this is a one-time private event. It's free. I want you to have it because you're part of my audience. Uh, and we've already covered a couple of days ago the surprising math of earning six figures where I walked you through three real examples of three real businesses that are very different on how they are reaching the six-figure mark in their business. Yesterday, we just unlocked the second video on the 64-4 rule, which I think is the fastest and easiest way to crank up your revenue to six figures. It's a very, very powerful concept that I'm going to be teaching you in that video module. And the third one unlocks tomorrow, the 15th. So I don't want you to miss this. It's absolutely free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash six figures. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll link to it below, grahamcochran.com slash six figures. Just go watch the videos. There's a third part coming out tomorrow, uh, the 15th, as of when this is going out. Uh, and then what I don't want you to miss is also on Friday, this Friday, July 17th, I'm going to be reopening the doors to my private business coaching community. So this is really for you if you already have a little bit of an online business going and you want coaching, you want help from me directly, and you want help from a really active and smart community of like-minded online business owners, I will be reopening the doors to that on Friday. So all the details about that will be on the workshop page also, if you are on my email list, you will be getting details on that. If you are not, then you won't. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to miss out. Uh, I want you to be on that list, and I want you to find out about this community because it's where I'm doing a lot of my nitty-gritty behind-the-scenes work, really coaching business owners to help them see success in their business. So the free workshop, again, that's going on right now. The videos are only up for a limited time. I don't want you to miss this. It's absolutely free, my Six Figures and Beyond workshop. You can get those at grahamcochran.com slash six figures while the videos are still up. Okay, let's jump into the content today. Um, so a lot of people, I think, find themselves where I was 
in 2009, 2010, when I started my first blog, uh, which became my first online business, The Recording Revolution, I started it in October, literally October 5th, 2009 was my very first blog post. And I knew about blogs. Blogs had been around for a long time. Uh, and I knew what blogging was. I didn't want to be a blogger. I wasn't interested in writing. Um, but in my mind, I thought I would start a blog on my freelance website to start to get some traffic and some interest in what I was doing with my freelance recording of bands. That's what I did for a long time. And so I, I started writing about what I knew, started writing about what I was doing with my clients, started to write about answering com common questions people had about recording and mixing software. After three months of blogging, I started a YouTube channel in January of 2010 because some of the content I wanted to share would be taught better with a video where I could screencast what I was doing in the software. And so here I was, within just a couple of months, I had a blog and a YouTube channel and a small, very small, but very loyal and interested audience. And I had no way to make money off of it and I needed to make money off of it. Can you relate to that? Do you have a blog that you are writing and adding to, maybe daily, maybe weekly, maybe a couple times a week, and maybe people are reading it, or retweeting it, or, or leaving comments, even if it's 10 people and they like it, you don't know how to monetize it. Or a lot of people are creating YouTube channels. YouTube has become so popular, so big, and there's so many big YouTubers talking about how to make money on YouTube. Uh, and so that might be your, your impetus for starting the YouTube channel. Maybe I can make a living off of YouTube. And so maybe you have a YouTube channel and maybe you're either at the very, very beginning where you can't flip the monetize with ads switch in the back end and you're hoping to get there. Or maybe you have hit that mark and you flipped that switch, but you're like, how come I'm not really making a lot of money? I'll talk about YouTube more specifically in a minute. Or maybe you have a podcast like this one where you've seen podcasts surge in popularity, uh, really resurge because they're an old format that came out in 2001 or two or three, and then they died. Nobody cared about podcasts. And then they came back, and now everybody wants to be a podcaster. Um, podcasting is huge in places like China, and they have really good monetization platforms on podcasting apps in that part of the world, but not here in the US. So um, maybe you're saying, how do podcasters make money? Uh, and, and what's the best way to do that? And then what do I do if I'm a small podcast that doesn't have a massive audience? What if I'm not Joe Rogan? You know, I, I talked about Joe Rogan's $100 million deal uh, just a few weeks ago on this channel. Uh, and you're like, well, I'm not Joe Rogan. You know, Spotify is not gonna pay me $100 million. So how do I make a living off of a podcast? I wanna answer those questions today by giving you six tried and true practical methods to monetize your audience that actually can make you a full-time living, which is an important caveat. Um, but let me just say something really quickly before we get into those, those monetization models. A lot of business coaching starts here, okay? And maybe that is how you're finding me, is you're, you're looking for how do I monetize my blog, or how do I make money? Um, and, and you wanna get to the money-making part? Well, a lot of people will tell you how to make money, but they won't tell you to back that train up and build an audience first. 
Because none of these monetization models will work if you don't really have an audience. Now, you don't have to have a humongous audience. I will say the bigger the audience, the better, usually. But you do need an audience because ultimately that's what's monetizable. Whether it's a blog or a podcast or YouTube, I really don't care. Those are just mediums of the same thing, which is eyeballs. You need eyeballs or ears <laughs> or whatever it is. You need attention. You need people who follow what you're doing, like what you're doing, regularly pay attention to you. In a way, this could apply to social media, monetizing your Instagram following or your Facebook feed following or even TikTok. But those are only halfway there because they don't have the staying power that an evergreen model of content does, blog, podcast, or a YouTube channel. But the point is the same. You need an audience. Uh, I've always said, since the beginning of starting this brand, I've always said publicly, without an audience, nothing is possible. But with an audience, anything's possible. I mean, anything. And that's the exciting thing. So hopefully you are there. You are beginning to build an audience. You understand how important it is in 2020 and beyond to put your foot in the ground and say, I need to build my little tribe, my little corner of the internet uh, and have that, that audience. It could be 10, it could be 100, it could be 1,000, but I need them. I need them to tune in regularly and to pay attention and to care about what I have to say. That is so important before we move on to these monetization models, okay? Make sense? You gotta have an audience. All right, let's dive in. Let's start with what I think are the two easiest ways to monetize your audience. And these will apply to being a blogger, being a podcaster, or being a YouTuber. And I'll try to give specific applications, but the concepts are the same. Uh, monetization model number one, it's the oldest one in the book, and that is advertising. That's advertising. When I started the Recording Revolution blog and YouTube channel, that was the only model that I was familiar with because it's the one that's obvious in plain sight. If you have read a magazine, there are ads. If you've watched television, there are ads. If you've watched a YouTube video, typically there's gonna be an ad at the beginning of the video or in the middle of the video. Don't you hate that when you're watching a YouTube video and they're about to see something really important in the middle of a sentence and it cuts to an ad? Like it's so unnatural, it's worse than TV, right? Where TV, you have a natural pause in the drama of the show or the announcer of a sports broadcast says, we're gonna go take a break, or the news reporter says, we're gonna take a break, and then you have the break, and then you come back from the break. It's well thought out. Not on YouTube videos where they just randomly shove in as many ads as they possibly can because they're trying to make as much money as they possibly can because they are limited to only one monetization model. They haven't expanded their thinking, and they're chasing the dollars in the most unhelpful way. So let's talk about the pros and cons of advertising. Advertising is as simple as somebody gathers eyeballs and then people who have products to sell need eyeballs to get in front of to announce their products. And so they pay content creators or content owners like us to advertise to our audience. Make sense? This is why TV is free, broadcast television at least. Uh, this is why the radio has been free. This is why YouTube is free advertising. It, none of it's free. Everything has a cost. It's just who is paying the cost. Because there are big advertisers, 
Same thing with Facebook, right? The, the, the reason Facebook is free, Instagram is free, is because someone is paying for it. And that someone is not you, it is advertisers. They understand that that's where people are these days. They are on Facebook, they are on Instagram, they're here on YouTube, they are listening to podcasts, they are reading blogs, they are on websites. And so that's where they need to be in order to get people to hear about their products and services. Uh, you know, in America, we are in an election cycle right now. So we're going to, we're already seeing it, but we're going to see a massive ramp up here in the late summer, early fall with political ads. And I, I'm already sad about that because their political ads these days are rarely about what the candidate's going to do. And they're all about how the other candidate is stupid, <laughs> which is, uh, anyway, well, let's not talk about that today. But those campaigns uh, from both parties and maybe some third parties, um, are going to spend a lot of money to advertise, to get their message out, right? They don't have a product to sell, they are selling themselves to win an election. And that's, they're just gonna go where the eyeballs are. This is great for you if you have a blog, and that's how I started. I started by simply running banner ads on my website. So what I would do is I would look around at who was reading my blog and I knew, okay, the people reading my blog are people who are musicians and they have home recording studios and they probably need to buy microphones or buy computer software to record or microphone preamps or any number of recording related pieces of equipment. And so what I would do is I would gather stats from my Google Analytics, which is a free tool that you could put a little piece of code on your website, and it'll track how many people are coming to your website every month and, and wh what age they are and, 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 and are they male or female or where are they coming from. It tracks all kinds of stuff. And, and so I would send that data to some of my favorite companies that I really respected them, used their equipment, and I thought that they were, since I was a tiny blog, not too big of an advertiser or big of a brand that they would dismiss me. Um, small enough that they they would look for any any new blog to to advertise on because they were trying to do guerrilla marketing. And this was really before Instagram influencers really kind of blew up. Um, it was the same concept. Can I find small little channels um, that have really loyal followings? And even though they don't have a lot of eyeballs, they have really loyal eyeballs. And so if we can advertise in front of them or sponsor them or something like that, it'd probably be a good bang for a buck. And so I banked on that. I put together a little simple PDF saying, here's who my audience is, here are the latest stats. Um, here's why I think your brand would be a great fit on my blog. And here's what I'm offering, to sell a, a slot on the sidebar of my blog to just have whatever you want. It'd be this size, these many pixels, and here's how many people would see it every single month. Um, and here's what I'm charging for that and we can run it for a six month period of time or run it for 12 months or three months or whatever. And I just, I made up packages. I did some research as best as I could uh, to see what would be you know, feasible. And I, but I just kind of made up some prices based off of that. And I, and, and I started with a few advertisers. I actually got a few brands to pay me and it was just a few hundred bucks here or there, maybe a few hundred bucks a month, maybe you know a thousand bucks for six months, something like that, but they would pay me and they would give me a, a digital asset and then they would update it if they wanted to, if they were running a new promotion and they would say whatever they wanted to say, they would supply the graphic and it linked to wherever they wanted to link. And it's just the simplest thing. So I started with advertising. If you have a blog, that's a simple way to start, is a banner ad on your blog, or some blogs have really gone big and had their entire blog sponsored by a company. If you have a mainline sponsor, you can have their, their you know, logo and their branding at the top of your blog. If you charge, if the price is worth it, that might be worth it. Um, now, blogs don't have to just do this. You see this happening in YouTube channels, right? 
all over the place. You've got YouTube channels who are, they're either specific videos are sponsored, and what they will do is work out brand deals with companies, and they'll say, they they have to say now that this is a sponsored video. Um, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of murkiness in the early days of YouTube where you would just mention a product casually in your video. You were getting paid, if you were a big-time YouTuber, you were getting paid $10,000 or $20,000 to mention that product, but you did it in a way that looked like you just happened to like that product and you didn't tell anybody you were getting paid. And it was great for advertising. It was really sneaky, um, but, you know, you know, the, the Trade Commission has cracked down on that, at least here in the U.S., where you have to be clear that it's a sponsored video. And I think it's better, and I think people are doing it in real creative ways. Um, and a lot of times, you could just be real forthright, hey, this video is sponsored by this company. And look, if you use my link below, we'll get you a discount, which we'll get into that in a minute. But just, they're getting paid to have a product mentioned in their video or featured in their video. Sometimes it's the beginning, sometimes it's the end, sometimes it's at the middle. But even beyond just in the video, certain channels, YouTube channels can just be sponsored by a company. So for example, the Pat McAfee show, right? Pat McAfee was a, he's an ex-NFL punter, kicker, right? So he would he would play in the NFL. He played eight, nine years for the Indianapolis Colts. He's now created his own broadcasting show. It's a podcast. It's a YouTube channel. He's really funny, a really great show. And so massive following, massive audience. And he's done brand deals before, but he just announced a massive partnership with FanDuel, which is a sports betting company. I don't know the details of how much they're getting paid, but his literal words were the CEO of FanDuel had backed the Brink truck up to his show and just paid them an obscene amount of money to be like the title sponsor of the show and have a very tightly knit branding, co-branding. Um, if it's a perfect, if it's the right brand and you have the right audience and it's the right company and you believe in the company, I think this can be a perfect fit. And it's the easiest way. Why? Because you don't have to build anything. You don't have to build any products. You don't have to do any marketing. You are just getting paid directly from someone who has deep pockets, who wants to be in front of your audience. And I think if you can do it in an authentic way and you believe about the brand, you can accept their money and move forward with advertising. This also works with podcasts. In fact, this is how most podcasts make a good living is they have sponsors and they find creative ways to mention their sponsors in the podcast. I mean, sometimes not creative ways. I mean, Joe Rogan, for the longest time, I mean, his show, the first eight to 10, 12 minutes is just him rattling off commercials. It's the stupidest thing. But nobody, I mean, nobody cares. They, they probably just fast forward through it. I don't know. But that's that's what he does. Um, you've got other people who will literally uh, make fun of their sponsors or just turn them into jokes. Comedians will do that. Um, you've got people who will pause their interviews in the middle of an interview. And I kind of hate this. If it's an interview format podcast, I've been interviewed multiple times where in the middle of an interview, they'll, I'll be answering a question, sharing my deepest, darkest secrets, and then they'll just pause me. Let's come back to that in a minute. Right now, we want to talk about this whiskey. It's the greatest whiskey on, on planet Earth, and it's, you know, it's aged for 18 years, and it's this or this or that. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. They, like, break it up. The host actually does that. And it blows me away that, that, that they do that. It's so unnatural, but they're trying to sneak it in there because people will fast forward through it at the beginning, and they certainly won't stay for it at the end. So I get it. They're trying to get their sponsors in there. But you can be sponsored as a podcast. Uh, and this can be small or large. And again, it's all about your eyeballs. If you build a big enough audience, you can go to almost any brand in the world and work out a, a sponsor deal, a brand deal, um, or just any kind of recurring revenue 
where as long as you mention them as a sponsor in the way they want or have their branding on your site however they want, they'll pay you regularly. The second one that's related to this, and it's almost like a more sophisticated way of advertising, is affiliate marketing. I talked about this a few weeks back on ways to make passive income. Affiliate marketing is as simple as this. You mention a specific product and you link to that product with a special link that that brand gives you that tracks people going to their site. And if that person makes a purchase in the next 30 days, even if they come back to that site somewhere else, using the power of cookies on the web, they can track that person and credit you for the sale. Basically, it's a referral program. It's a good old-fashioned referral. Like, hey, refer your friends. You like our products. If you refer our friends and they buy from us and they say, Graham sent me, we'll give you a certain amount of money or whatever it is. It's a referral program, but it's sophisticated because the internet allows it to be super easy. So Amazon is a great example where they have a baked-in affiliate program. So for example, a lot of um, podcasters who mention books or authors um, or interview people will say, hey, go check out the book. Like one of my favorite books in the whole world is The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. If I were smart, I would have affiliate links every time I mentioned the go-giver and I would link to it below and it'd be an Amazon link. You can go buy it on Amazon and you don't pay any more. You just pay the normal Amazon price for the book, but I get a small cut of that. And if I'm doing that a lot, if my audience is big, referencing all those things through affiliate links, I'll get a steady stream of passive checks just for mentioning products. And I don't even have to charge you. You're gonna go buy it from somebody else, but I get the credit. So affiliate marketing works great for YouTubers, works great for bloggers, and works great for podcasters because if there are products or services you genuinely believe in, uh, I think if you're authentic about it and transparent about it, that it's an affiliate link, mention them all day long. For example, I mentioned Kajabi. I am an affiliate for Kajabi. Kajabi is, in my opinion, the best platform to run your entire online business off of. I run two businesses off of Kajabi. This business, the Graham Cochran brand, is 100% on Kajabi. As one of my students in my six-figure community calls it, I've gone full Kajabi. I should trademark that name. I probably can't because it has a trademark name in it. But they've gone full Kajabi. I've gone full Kajabi. I use it for everything. Email marketing. My website is hosted on Kajabi. All my products, all my landing pages, webinars, everything happens on Kajabi. Um, so I love it. I use it and have been preaching that it's singing its praises um, since 2013 when I got on the platform. Definitely since 2011 or 2015, excuse me, and I'm not going back, 2015 when they completely turned Kajabi from just a course hosting platform like Teachable into an entire all-in-one platform uh, and it, they changed the game. And it wasn't until 2019 that I got on board with their referral program because I didn't realize they had one until late 2018. I didn't have time to really look into it and I started to share an affiliate link for Kajabi. If you wanna check it out, go to grahamcochran.com slash Kajabi. Why should you do that with my affiliate link? Well, because you'll get twice the free trial and a bunch of free training videos called the 28 Day Challenge that you won't get elsewhere. grahamcochran.com slash Kajabi. But I tell people, look, I love this platform. I use it. You should use it. I genuinely believe in it. And I have an affiliate link that gives you something better to check it out with. Sometimes you can give people a discount. In my case, I'm giving you twice the free trial. And if you sign up for Kajabi after using the 28-day free trial, it doesn't cost you anything more than if you went directly through their website. But if you use my link, 
since it's an affiliate link, part of your, your payment for Kajabi goes back to me to support this channel. It's pretty cool. So I have a lot of people, a lot of people who have joined Kajabi through my link and they've done it because they appreciated the videos that maybe introduced them to a feature of Kajabi or explain Kajabi. And they'll also say, hey man, I wanted to support you. So I signed up for Kajabi through your link and they email me and they let me know or they leave a comment on YouTube and let me know. And it's so cool. People actually want to support you. So if you deliver value every week through your blog, your podcast, or your YouTube channel, if there is a product or service you believe in and they have an affiliate program, by golly, mention that. Use affiliate marketing because people would love to support you. It doesn't cost them anything. It's the coolest thing. So affiliate marketing works great. Now, these two models, and there's four more, but again, Advertising and affiliate marketing, I think, are the easiest because they are the fastest in the sense that once you have an audience, it's just working out a brand deal or signing up for an affiliate program, boom. You don't have to build a darn thing. You don't have to write any sales copy. You don't have to send any emails. It is as easy as money-making can be. However, they don't work very well if you have a tiny audience. Generally speaking, generally speaking, I would say like Kajabi, for example, is a great example where since it's a recurring subscription, if I make the affiliate sale once, I don't just get paid once, I get paid every month as long as that person is an active Kajabi user. And it is a high price product in the sense that it's a, it's a, a, a legit service and the commission that they pay out referral people who bring referrals is pretty generous, I think. Um, and it's so highly targeted and perfect for my audience that even though I would say the Graham Cochran brand has a small audience compared to say my other brand, The Recording Revolution, which has half a million subscribers on YouTube, I have a much smaller audience here on YouTube than I have there, but that affiliate partnership is very lucrative and a great fit. So there are exceptions to the rule that I think you can have a relatively small audience and still do well with affiliate marketing if it's the right uh partnership or advertising. If somebody just loves you and loves your audience and wants to go all in, you can work out a, a specific deal where it can be worth it. But that is the con. If you don't have a ton of web traffic or a large audience, advertising won't work great for you. And let's talk to, about YouTube for a second because this is where a lot of people are fooled. There are so many videos right now on YouTube that say something like, how much YouTube paid me for this one video or how much YouTube paid me for having 10,000 subscribers. And it's like, it's the trend. Everyone's copying everybody because it's a popular type video, at least for now. And what they're doing is showing you their Google, excuse me, their YouTube analytics backend and showing you um, their, their uh, ad revenue because it's really easy to track. It's pretty cool. And YouTube pays you if you flip on the switch and allow them to run ads at the beginning of your video or in the middle or the end or all three or have banner ads that pop up. You know what we're talking about. If you allow them to do that, then you will get paid a fraction of what they're getting paid from the advertisers because we're sharing the ad revenue because it's your specific channel that's saying, I'm gonna show ads. There are YouTubers who get millions of views a month who make a great living just by having that switch flipped. They don't have to find the ad deals. They don't have to do sponsor deals. They don't have to do affiliate marketing. It's, it's the easiest money you'll ever make but they are the exception to the rule. And I know people will say that there's lots of people doing this and there are more yes than there were before. But look, I have a massive YouTube following, especially for my niche on YouTube. 
I see the numbers. I make some decent money. I mean, it's it's great, but it's it's nothing. I would I wouldn't I couldn't support my family on it. Um, I'm grateful for it because it's easy money. I'll take it just by flipping the switch and putting an ad at the beginning of my videos on the recording revolution. But you have to be doing, I would say, a solid million to two million views a month baseline to try to even think about living off the revenue. Now, that's not necessarily true. It depends on the the, the topic you're in. It depends on cert- certain ads and certain niches on YouTube are worth more. They just are. Um, I think it being in the audio space, those ads aren't worth as much. And so my cut from being in the audio space isn't as much. But I would say you need at least a million views a month to really be kicking butt with just that, that income stream. That's really hard to do, a million views a month. That means you can't just go viral. You can't just bank on one video. You need constant virality or you need constant high traffic to your channel and videos for that to be a bankable advertising strategy. That's why I think if you have a YouTube channel, I wouldn't bank on the YouTube monetization. I wouldn't worry about it. I would flip the switch and deliver great videos and great value. And as your audience grows, that income will grow. But I think the fastest way to monetize through advertising on your YouTube channel is direct sponsorships and direct brand deals. Okay, we gotta move on. There's four more. Okay, another successful model is crowdfunding, specifically with something called Patreon. Okay, Patreon is a brilliant model. Uh, It's been out for a while now uh, that looked at the crowdfunding models like Kickstarter or Indiegogo or GoFundMe, which were crowdfunding platforms for one-time events. Hey, I'm a band and I want to go into the studio and I need $20,000 to pay for our album and you're my fans. Will you support us and pay us whatever you can pay us now? Uh, so that we can reach our goal of $20,000 to make a record. And if you do, you know, if you give us $10, you're going to get an advanced copy of the album. If you give us $50, you're going to get a t-shirt and a mug and an advanced copy of the album and your name in the liner notes and so on and so on, right? People use GoFundMe for disaster relief. Somebody dies and and people are trying to raise money for the widow. Um, Things like that, right? You know what that model is. It's really simple. It's linear, one-time goal. Patreon is a monthly crowdfunding thing. So there is no one-time goal. It is forever. And so the platform was designed for content creators, specifically YouTubers, but it's anybody. It can be podcasters. It can be bloggers. uh, And people are using it in creative ways. And the platform is set up to say, look, I'm creating art or I'm creating free content. Um, Will you support me and be a patron? Much like Patrons, patrons existed for hundreds of years uh, for artists, musicians. You know, a king might be a patron of a composer. And so he would say, look, composer, you're a poor musician because all musicians are poor because they, they don't have any way to make money. So they would say, look, I value your music and I have money. I will pay you and I'll support your wage so that you can just spend your days making music, and then play for me and my friends and and entertain us and play for the the peasants and and the common folk because we all love music uh, and it takes money for you to be able to live and for you to devote your time to creating music. So I'll be your patron. It took that concept and broke it down to tiny chunks, right? In modern day, we live month to month. Our bills are month to month. So it was a genius idea. Uh, I think it was Jack Conti that came up with Patreon and said, look, 
What if content creators on YouTube and podcasts and blogs could say, if you like what I'm doing, the, the content I'm making for free, would you support me monthly? A dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. Commit to something monthly. Let it come out of your bank account or be charged to your credit card and just commit to, su- to supporting me. And you don't get anything other than the, the, the honor of supporting me. And then I'll give you some bonuses. So again, if you give at least a dollar a month, you'll get access to like an exclusive video every month that only my patrons get to see. If you give over $5 a month, you'll get that plus, I don't know, some kind of swag and, and so on and so on. So you can have levels of support. Uh, but the idea is, look, give what you can give to support me. Just do it because it's good. Do it because it's the right thing to do, and it allows me to continue to create my art. For example, one of my buddies, Peter Hollins, he's a super talented singer, composer, uh, audio engineer, arranger, performer, and he has a fantastic YouTube following. I think over 2 million subscribers, and he does acapella covers of popular songs, uh, arranges them, records them, performs everything in them with his voice, and then he does these high production music videos and delivers them to his YouTube channel. This takes a ton of time. This takes a ton of money. He has a team, uh, videographers and editors and all this kind of stuff to deliver a, a three minute, four minute video that's just fun to watch. It costs a ton of money and time. And so he relies on a platform like Patreon to pay his bills. And so he's got a lot of patrons that support him and it allows him to make a really good living so he can focus on creating his art. So Patreon is a great model because you don't have to sell anything directly, but now you are, are looking to your fans, you're looking to your audience and say, look, if you like what you're seeing, will you support me? So a lot of podcasters are doing this. They are creating exclusive podcast content for their patrons. Maybe they'll do exclusive live Q and A's. Um, YouTubers are doing this. YouTubers are doing that so much that YouTube launched their own version of Patreon where you can have a YouTube subscription. So if you're a big YouTuber, you can say, look, if you're loving the content, consider becoming a YouTube uh, supporter or subscriber. Forgive me, I forget what the language is they're using. You can let me know in the comments below. But you pay a little bit every month to subscribe to their private channel, exclusive content, and you're supporting the YouTuber. And it is a great way when you have found a YouTube channel you like, you have found a podcast you like, you found a blog that you like, where you're you're like, look, I want to support this content creator directly. We don't even need the advertisers. Or not that you have to get rid of advertisers, but it's the most intimate, direct way of saying, look, I like your content, so I'm going to support you. And the content creator acknowledges me, and sometimes by name for like top level Patreons or patrons. Um, there's a great YouTube channel um, called Film Joy. And there's a great uh, playlist or, or themed content on Film Joy called Movies with Mikey. And Mikey does these great artistic, funny, creative, modern reviews or reactions to movies. Um, they're just, I, I can't stop watching. They're so good. And he's super talented and writes really phenomenal scripts. And he's so funny. And his, his films or these videos take a long time to create, and he uses Patreon to support him. And he must have a high tier of patrons where if they support him with a certain amount per month, he will list them in the credits at the end of the video. So he reads off their names and roll, scrolls them on the screen. So it's kind of like fame, like five minutes of fame for his, his supporters. But it's cool. It's just a cool way to get supported directly from your fans. So check out Patreon. 
It's a great model. That was model number three. Now, there's two, there's three more, but let's talk about the next two. And these are pretty classic, um, but they relate to actually providing a service. So service-based offerings or consulting, those are four and five. They're related, but different, okay? If you have a loyal audience, then you can charge them a premium by offering them a service. This was why I originally started blogging and why I started the YouTube channel, was I already had an existing service. I was already freelancing. And if you don't have one, that's fine. If you do have one, then blogging or podcasting or YouTubing is a great way to get more leads for your service. It's it's the best way, I think, because you build some authority and credibility and some SEO traffic online to then get some leads. So for example, I'm in a group of entrepreneurs um, it's cool. It's a group of Christian entrepreneurs uh, that we learn from each other, support each other, all in various different industries, very different. Not everyone's online, but one of the guys in the group um, has, before the pandemic, a super profitable multi-million dollar consulting service, and he's really sharp. And the pandemic has really cut his income down because a lot of the clients he was servicing just don't have the budgets right now. They're just they're, you know, it's like everybody, they're just holding onto their wallets and making sure they're not overspending. And he's trying to get creative and he's pivoting. And so he's, he's got a service that is more affordable and approachable. And he's trying to get leads for that service. And we were talking on a recent call about what's the best way for him to get more people to sell his service to. And a couple of us on the call were like, look, you just need to start creating YouTube videos. Um, get on YouTube and, and get discovered there. Uh, forget about running ads. I mean, you could run ads, but all you got to do is get on YouTube and create some content around stuff that your target market would be searching for. And one of the things that he discovered within sort of thinking out loud on that call was a lot of his ideal clients use a tool called HubSpot. And they have a lot of questions about HubSpot. And he knows everything about HubSpot. And I was like, well, then here's the thing. You need to make a video or series of videos on HubSpot so that when people are typing in YouTube, how to use HubSpot, how to use it for this, or HubSpot tutorial, they will find you. And they will get a very helpful video from you, which will do two things. They'll know who you are, three things. They'll know who you are. They'll realize that you're awesome and they like and trust you. And then it'll get you in front of them, where at the end of the video, you can say, look, if you want any help in growing your business through X, Y, and Z, even specifically through HubSpot, fill out the application below for a free discovery call or consultation call or whatever it is. He's using content as a lead generator for his service-based business. So if you are a photographer, if you are a um, audio engineer, or if you, um, or whatever, whatever your service is, you can use content. You can use your blog. You can use your podcast. You can use your YouTube channel to sell your services. It's great. Again, that's what I was trying to do in 2009, 2010. And I have done that from day one. I mean, I've gotten so, there was a time when I'd have to go find clients. And then once my YouTube channel and my blog grew, I stopped looking for clients because every week, almost every day, I would get a client inquiry. Hey, can I hire you? Can I hire you? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> and so I would do a lot of stuff. So it's really, really simple. They already know you. They already trust you. They already like you because of your content. They are the perfect people to offer your service to. Now, related to service, if you don't want to provide a service, if what you have to offer is up here in your head, 
then you could be a consultant. Okay, so that's what that's what has happened with the Graham Cochran brand. I started doing coaching and consulting on business back in 2015. Um, that was when an article on Business Insider um, dropped about my story, and I got people reaching out to me from all over the world um, asking for my consulting services on their business, basically, in a bunch of different niches, people I didn't know. And now I didn't have any content on business, but that became, in a way, content. And so that started me doing some consulting, you know, offline, as it were, from 2015 through 2017. Then in 2018, I launched GrahamCochran.com, and I launched this YouTube channel. Um, I didn't launch the podcast until 2019, but I started to publicly share content. Within a week or two of, of launching the website, of launching the YouTube channel, again, my audience was very small, but in my small circles of influence on Facebook, I told everybody, look, hey guys, here's my new website, go check it out. Within a week or two of launching that, I had five to 10 one-on-one -on -one business coaching inquiries in my inbox. People wanted me for consulting and coaching. Um, that is what having an audience can do for you is it can help you sell more consulting services. Now, this is, again, the reason why people will hire you for consulting or your service is because they already know you and they like you and they trust you. Someone who's running ads to get you to hire them for their service or consulting practice has a large gap to cover. They have got to, in an ad, or hopefully if the ad works, the next piece of content after the ad, once you click, they have got to convince you that you are credible, that you are uh, trust, trustworthy, that you are for them, that you understand them, that you aren't just in it for the money, that you want them to succeed, that you have done this in the past. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a huge gap you have to cover from the ad. Whereas, let's say, let's say in this video, for example, in this episode of the podcast, I'm helping you, I'm walking you through monetization models. And then at the very end, I say, look, I'm taking on two more clients for coaching and I'm op opening up a couple slots. Here's an application uh, to get a potential free discovery call with me. How interested would you be? Now, you don't know how much I charge. You might not be able to afford it. But I'm willing to bet a good chunk of you would be very interested. Uh, and it's because you listened to me for 40 minutes, got value out of what I had to say, and then we're like, yeah, I, I would love to work with him more directly. That is the power of having someone's ear. This is so powerful if you have a podcast, so powerful. People listen, they trust you. You're in their literal ear with head, you know, earphones or headbuds or headphones or earbuds, one, one of the two. And man, they know you, they like you, they trust you. So the gap to go from hiring you for consulting or service is very short, very easy. So it's a great way. To, those are two great ways to monetize, selling your service or selling consulting or coaching, right? And number six, this is the holy grail, the holy grail of monetization. And it's my personal favorite and it's products. Products, products, products. The reason why products are the holy grail is because it's a scalable model. You don't have to trade your time for your money. Much like advertising and affiliate marketing can scale, um, and much like Patreon can scale, products can scale, where services and consulting can't scale. You really only have two levers for services and consulting, and that's more clients, higher rates. At some point, you max out the more clients lever, and then 
you, your, your rates actually have a lot more ceiling than most people think. Most people are just undercharged because they're insecure and afraid. But even then, at some point, there is somewhat of a ceiling in your, your rates. And so those are the only two levers you can play with, the only two dials you can dial. With products, it really can take off. Um, there's no limit to how many clients um, or how many you know, clients you can take with a product or, or, or even how much you can make because you can have multiple products and people can buy multiple products. And there's no limit to how many products you can sell. It's really only limited by how quickly you can fulfill that product, which is why then I would say, yes, you can sell merch. And a lot of podcasters and especially YouTubers are selling merchandise. That's great. A lot of people do well at that. But even that has its its kinks. Like if you want time freedom, if you want flexibility and really income scalability, you got to wake up to digital products. They are the future and they are the holy, holy of grails uh, because- they're virtually free to store and sell and distribute. Uh, and then they're hands-off, completely hands-off. So for example, right now, while I'm taping this for you, um, I'm selling products in two brands. I don't know how much right now. I'll have to log in a check in Stripe or in Kajabi, but I'm making money right now. There's an old um, uh, sketch from Brian Regan, one of my favorite stand-up comedians. You should go listen to everything Brian Regan's done. He's clean, a clean comic, super funny. And he has this great sketch about airplanes, um, which is sad right now because air travel is pretty demolished right now. But he makes fun of everything having to do with going on a flight. And one of the things he mentions is first class. And you go, you know, I fly Southwest all the time, so there is no first class. So it's been a while since I've walked on a plane where I have to go past the people in first class. But, you know, you get on the plane, you have to walk past all the first-class passengers to get to coach. And while you're walking past, and this was years ago, even really before the internet was, you know, taking off in terms of how much money you can make online. He's like, you know, you walk past that guy and he's sitting in first class and he's got his laptop open and he looks up at you and he says, I'm making money right now. I'm making money right now. And it's that smug guy in first class making money right now while he's sitting on the airplane. And I'm that guy. Now, I try not to be smug about it. And I don't look up at those poor people going to coach and make fun of them. But I am the guy making money right now. I always think about that. I'm making money right now. Why? Because of digital products. Digital products. They are the holy grail. So if you can know what your audience finds valuable, you can take that and take your knowledge and your skills, which is what I'm trying to teach you every single week here on the show and on the channel, and package it into a digital product or digital products. Online courses, membership sites, masterminds, things like that. Although masterminds are more of like a service-based business. But you know what I'm talking about. Digital products are the key. So those are the six. Advertising, affiliate marketing, crowdfunding like Patreon, service providing, consulting or coaching or products, and maybe more specifically, digital products. Now, I actually make a living from all six, all six. So I run ads on my YouTube channel, not on this channel, at least not now, um, on the Recording Revolution. So I make ads on my channel. I run ads. I do affiliate marketing here with Kajabi. I don't do any affiliate marketing, actually, on the Recording Revolution. So it's funny how some are different. Um, I have done crowdfunding. I closed down my Patreon account last year, actually, but I ran it for quite some time. Um, so I've done crowdfunding. Um, service providing, I've been a service provider for years as a freelance recording and mixing engineer. It's really wound down now, 
these days. I only do it for clients I really, really, really want to work with. Uh, consulting and coaching, yes, I have one-on-one coaching. So I consult business owners on how to grow their businesses. And then digital products, which I think are my bread and butter. And they're my favorite. So I, I take advantage of all six. So I have one question for you. And what, it's a twofold question. One, which of these monetization models are you currently leaning on to make a living? Like, what is the one? Maybe you're only doing one. I hope you're doing one of them at least. But if you are doing one, what is the one that's probably where most of your revenue is coming from? What's the one where, what's the monetization model you are most relying on right now for your business? And what is, you don't have to do all six, but what is the one you're most interested in starting right now? Okay, I just gave you six, but what is the one that you're most interested in starting right now after going through these? If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. What's the one that you currently make your living on primarily and what's one you wanna add to your uh, bag of tricks? And if you haven't begun monetizing your blog or your podcast or your YouTube channel, then what's the one monetization model you wanna start with? I would love for you to eventually get to all six if it makes sense. You know, I love multiple streams of income, but what's the one you wanna start with? Let me know in a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, think about this. Think about it really, really closely. What's the one that you get most excited about that you're gonna start on this week or this month, okay? And then before you go, final reminder, we are right now in the middle of my Six Figures and Beyond workshop. It's a free three-part video series workshop. I want you to come check it out. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash six figures. The videos are only up for limited time, so maybe you're watching this video you know, months down the road. I'm sorry if you missed it. Um, but if you're watching this while this video is going out, this is your last few days to get in the workshop. I want you to, to watch that and enjoy it. And details on me reopening the doors to my private community for online business owners uh, are coming on Friday, July 17th. So check uh, the workshop page for that and check your inbox for that. If you are on my email list, if you're not, you should go to grahamcochran.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Join and that way you know all this cool free stuff that's happening every single week. Additional stuff that I don't talk about here on YouTube. I want you to get on in on the insiders list as it were. Okay, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. Stay healthy, stay safe, and I'll see you in another episode real soon.